All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. Obviously, with the Nathan Avaldi news breaking, we needed our Locked On Rangers expert again to join us, Bryce Patrick. So let's hit the intro music and we will get right into this. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside James. As always, Harry is not with us today, but of course, we are replacing Harry with our Rangers expert, Bryce Patrick. We will not be mentioning the name Jacob deGrom. Yes, we will, for sure. Unfortunately, we will be. But of course, the news that Nathan Avaldi is signing to strengthen that rotation that already had seven guys in it. Definitely an interesting thing. We'll get into that later. But Bryce, how are you doing? And welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing pretty well, and I I was really caught off guard by the Evaldi news. Like this is not something that I expected. He was a guy who I I kind of looked at after the Rangers got to Grom. I'm like, all right, who's next? They needed like at least one more starter after you know bringing back uh, Martin Perez, and it's like, all right, they got Andrew Heaney. I was like, all right, cool, that's it, that's the rotation. It's pretty solid, and you have Dane Dunning as like your number six guy, and he's coming off of hip surgery. Um, so I, I think he'll be ready for the start of the season. The Ranger two, too, but adding Evaldi was like, I mean, cool. They still need a left fielder and maybe a bullpen arm, but maybe this kind of fixes some bullpen issues and definitely makes the rotation stronger. So I'm like, I mean, I'm confused, but I'm, I'm excited for, it. he seems like a, a great addition. And obviously there is that phrase of you can never have too much starting pitching, but as you just mentioned left field, and there's probably some outfield spots definitely still open around Adolis Garcia. There was the. Eli White news a couple of days ago that I know you refused to do the midnight podcast recording for that trade and then probably some bullpen help as well. But what do you think about the Rangers rotation? We'll start there. DeGrom obviously is a spot locked up. Ivaldi as well. And then I'd assume Martin Perez and John Gray sort of the incumbent guys get a spot. And then Heaney's there. Oda Rizzi's there. Dane Dunning's there. Five-man rotation, six-man rotation. How's that working? I think it's a five-man rotation. And, you know, it's kind of funny because Evaldi is, is a little bit of a, you know, not the most, you know, surefire thing. And kind of, you can say that with all of these three free agent pitchers that the Rangers have brought in. I mean, even you could probably say that a little bit about Odorizzi, but it's kind of like a, a strength in numbers. I mean, you really can never have enough pitching last year. I really liked the additions they made, but like heading into the regular season, I thought you're probably still two, three starting pitchers light. I mean, you were kind of squinting when you had John Gray and Martin Perez and Dane Dunning. I'm like, all right, those are three solid major league starters. And then you were kind of squinting to see like, all right, Taylor Hearn, they're going to try him as a starter. I, I like this stuff. He started pretty well at the end of 2020. I was like, or 2021. And I was like, okay, yeah, worth a shot. Uh, and then they had Spencer Howard who looked just dynamite in spring training. Look absolutely fantastic. Um, he was the main piece in the Kyle Gibson deal. And then as soon as the regular season started, he was just absolute trash, um, which is a darn shame. I think he'll still be a really, really good uh, multi-inning bullpen reliever, but the starting experiment is pretty much over. And they kind of learn from their mistakes. They're like, all right, well, you know, pitching injuries happen and they happen a lot. And for those six weeks towards the end of the season, when John Gray was on the IL, they just could not get any wins done. The offense was was pretty fine, about average last year to a little bit above average. And so 
I mean, their, their record in games started by Martin Perez and John Gray last year was a little bit above 500. And with everyone else on the Hill, it was uh, significantly worse. We'll just, we'll just say that. <laughs> so I think just having a competent starter every single day and then some depth as well, if somebody does go down with an injury to where it's not like, you know, DEFCON one, uh, if, if one person goes down for a two month or three month or Lord forbid for the season. I, I think this is a really smart move, just kind of fortifying that depth. And it's just at this point before this move, I thought they were like 81 to 85 win team. And you just need to add wins every single way that you can to kind of assure yourself that you're going to be in prime contention for one of those uh, wildcard spots. Absolutely. And I know one thing we then wanted to figure out and James, I know, hopefully I know you were having Wi-Fi problems, but hopefully you're back with us eventually i know james wanted to mention the power rankings i'll go to james you first as the unbiased opinion and then bryce will probably give the his rangers perspective on it but now that the rangers have signed ivaldi where do you think they rank in the al west with astros mariners angels and then obviously the athletics probably rounding out the basement james i'll go to you first where do you think those five teams rank out yeah i'd say you definitely have to put the astros at the top um you know i guess you know they lost some pieces this offseason uh, but still, I mean, you know, defending World Series champions, I'd put them first in the American League West. Uh, then I'd say the the Mariners and then Rangers are right behind them. Uh, a little bit of a gap, I'll put the Angels. And then, I mean, I don't even know why we should even have the Oakland Athletics in this conversation. That's like a 60-win ball club, let's all just be honest. Um, so, yeah, but I think the Rangers, um, I don't think this year is the window for contention just yet. Um, I think some of these pitching moves – are, are kind of stopgap moves before we get lighter and rocker uh, in the big leagues, you know, to pitch alongside DeGrom. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this is like year one of the Rangers uh, window to win the AL West. Uh, we'll, we'll call it like the opening, opening year. I think next year is really when they, they're going to start pushing for 9,500 win seasons. Bryce. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in that, that same, that same ilk. I, you know, I, I've watched the Angels so much to like know that I shouldn't trust them. But like, I really do like the moves that they made. Um, but I'm not going to let them trick me this year. Like, I do, <laughs> I do think the Rangers are going to finish ahead of them. I think it's going to be pretty close with the Mariners. I like the moves that they made. I don't think that they did enough, and I don't think anybody's contending for the Astros. Unfortunately, this year, uh, maybe if Jim Crane continues to play GM, uh, then that I think that's the only way that this dynasty is going to end. Uh, and I think that's going to be really hilarious watching him turn into jerry jones of houston and just like ruin a a team that was set up to win for a long long time by his own ego i mean even with him playing that like he's he's still he brought in jose abreu like yeah they let verlander go but i mean they've got hunter brown who's going to be uh, i think he's still got rookie eligibility and his his big league debut was against the rangers and it was just like oh this guy just looks kind of like a young verlander this freaking sucks and jeremy pena is as awesome as they hoped he would be by just letting carlos correa go and letting all these guys go they just keep having guy after guy after guy come up and it's like at some point eventually that's going to run out if jim crane keeps running the team because i don't think he can build as good a minor league system as any of their previous gms but for now and for the next few years there's a lot of trash talk of like oh rangers spent all this money to finish third in the aos like yeah if they get a playoff spot i don't give a crap where they finish in the <laughs> aos like whoop de doo yeah i had nate lau as my number five first question oh, heading in by the way it's season. it's low not lau is it, is it low <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> it's brand it's brandon lau and then josh low is 
Nathaniel Lowe's brother. It's so confusing. And, and they're I, both I on screwed Tampa. That up so much. Yeah, exactly. All three of them were on Tampa at one point. So it's just like <laughs> extra confusing. Like, no, 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 only two of them are brothers and one of them pronounced it the wrong way. I did the same thing for the first like few months of having him. And he, okay. his mother prefers him to be called Nathaniel as opposed to Nate, which is what we all did last year. And then this year, <laughs> mom got into the year of Rangers PR or somebody it was like, he's Nathaniel. So. <laughs> I've made the switch for, for Mama Lowe. <laughs> awesome. All right, um, James, take it. But yeah, Nathaniel uh, Lowe. Uh, <laughs> I had him at number five in my uh, in my power rankings. Um, I thought that he had a really good year last year. I think the slugging numbers really kind of took him into, into that next that next step uh, and really solidified him as being top five. Um, and I said that I think he did have, you know, I mean, the batting average isn't really sustainable for a guy like him who doesn't walk a lot, strikes out a fair amount. Uh, but I do see the power numbers being sustainable. So that's why I had him in my top five uh, for, for this upcoming season. Uh, I mean, what do you expect from him, I guess, this season? Well, I, I really liked what I saw from him. And he didn't walk nearly as much this year as last year. He had kind of an issue that uh, Noah Mazzara had it reminded me of, is that he's got a lot of raw power in there. So when he gets a hold of one, it absolutely goes a mile. But a lot of times he was being too passive. The Rangers brought in a whole bunch of new offensive coaches this year, and they kind of got a a good hold of him. And one thing that he struggled with last year as well was his ability to hit uh, velocity, anything 95 and above. He just really, really had trouble with. And, you know, any pitches that were just meatballs, he wouldn't really take advantage. He'd be a little bit too passive this year. He started being a little bit more aggressive, not walking quite as much. He's still got a really, really great eye. Um, He will swing and miss a little bit, but you know, everybody does. Um, But he started taking advantage and showing off that premier power that he's got. And I, I really, really do think that this is a 300 career hitter, a guy who's going to have an on base in the 350s, maybe 360s, and can spit out 25 to 30 homers a year. Like, and this is a completely different guy in the month of August. I think he was the best hitter in all of baseball. He probably should have won AL Player of the Month in August. He hit like 360, or maybe it was like it felt like he was hitting 500. Like, it was just absolutely insane. Um, but defensively he's, he's kind of trash it's fine he's admit he's admitted it he's getting better at it but like if you're a little bit trash at first base defensively but you're you know 35 percent better than the league average ba- first baseman or 41 percent as he was this year then i'll freaking take it and i i really really like this guy i was not on board with the trade initially because i thought okay you don't really need this guy but it turns out to be proving me very, very wrong. And I'm I'm totally okay with that. I think, James, you had him exactly one spot ahead of Pete Alonso, probably to make my blood boil a little bit. But I'm sure Bryce is definitely excited to hear your projections that he's going to be better than Pete, who hit, I think, 40 homers each of the last three seasons. But I know a couple other players in that infield. Corey Seager is going to do his thing like he does every year. Marcus Semyon had, like, the coldest April, May, and then had the hottest rest of the season and then Josh Jung the rookie I presume is going to be the third baseman hopefully of the future what are your thoughts on those three sort of key pieces that'll determine how good the Rangers are next year well I think the the shift being banned is going to be a huge huge plus for a lot of hitters Nathaniel Lowe is is actually one of those lefties who you don't really shift against very much because he is a pretty even spray guy um it's kind of rare in lefties most of them are pretty pull heavy on the ground but Seeger is one of the most pull heavy on the ground guys and they, there was an article that uh Mike Petrilio of uh, MLB.com wrote about who would benefit the most from 
from the ship being banned and and Seager was was number one and he hit like crazy this year. I mean, his expected numbers versus his his actual numbers, if you go and look on baseball savant, like they are just incredibly, like incredibly different. And he still hit a career high 30, what, three bombs this year, 32. Um, yeah, 33. And I I really love what I've seen from him. Defensively, he was much better than anticipated. Uh with Simeon, it was it was horrendous for the first two months, like just absolutely horrendous. One of the worst players in baseball, like offensively, defensively, it was just so rough. And I, I mean, then the calendar turned once he got his first home run, which was a grand slam in Oakland, um, which felt kind of fitting. Then it was, he was just off the races and back to his normal self. And uh, Josh Young is, is a guy who I've seen for, for a long time. I think he's fine defensively at third base. Like I, I saw him back when I was still in college and he was at Texas tech as well. I saw him as a freshman. I'm like, that, that kid's going to be a big leaguer. <laughs> and so I actually got to to meet him for the first time in my first credential game this year. And I got to thank him for proving me right. I'm like, I know you didn't do it for me, but just like, thank you anyway, for making me look smarter than I am. <laughs> now I do have to say though, you mentioned the infield shift being taken away. And there is one former Texas Ranger who you love dearly, who's probably going to do extremely well. Now that the shift is gone. And, I believe you signed with the Minnesota Twins. Your thoughts on the prodigal son, Joey Gallo, finding a home in Minnesota? I I am happy for my large adult son, Joseph Nicholas Gallo, <laughs> finding a home in Minnesota. I do think that's a really good move for him and a really good move for Minnesota. Um, the former Rangers assistant GM, Thad Levine, is running the team up in Minnesota. I think he, I'm pretty sure he was still there when Joey was drafted and when Joey was kind of coming up through the ranks. I think it was like 2015 or 16 when Levine took over in Minnesota, a John Daniels disciple. But he, he knows what Joey can do. And I think Joey knows what Joey can do. And I think him just like having a consistent playing time, a place where he's going to be, where there's not going to be a crap ton of pressure. He's not going to have to put a crap ton of pressure on himself. He can just go out there, ball out. And like, well, there's literally no pressure in Minnesota. <laughs> like maybe they, they get Byron Buxton healthy and they win a crap division and he can go to the playoffs and he can go get a massive, massive deal. I really, I don't understand why the Rangers weren't more in on him. Like, mm -hmm. I, like my own personal bias aside, like it just makes sense. He, he has thrived in Texas. Like you go sign him to a one year deal. If it works out, then you can go re-sign him, keep him to your core for a long time. He likes Texas. He knows a lot of the players. He feels comfortable here. The shift is being banned. Like he is going to benefit a lot from that. And just the comfort of being back in a place where he has thrived recently, I think would have been a great move. And they also need a left fielder. I love Bubba Thompson and I love Ezekiel Duran, but um, I, I think that having a kind of proven guy, that's the, the biggest question mark at this point left on the roster is who's going to play every day in left field. And if it is as it stands right now, I think that's, it's fine. It's not great, but it's, it's fine. There's just not a whole lot of options left out there. And I thought Joey was definitely one that was there for the taking. If you could assign him to the, it was what one year, $11 million. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely doable for this team. And I'm kind of pissed that they didn't do it. I'm, I'm really pissed that they didn't do it. <laughs> and I know another one of those guys, Michael Conforto just went off the board. So the outfield is starting to become slim pickings out there. Yeah. You know, Jacob DeGrom signing a five-year uh, deal to the Rangers. I think that's obviously a huge piece. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think like, when was the last time, I guess, is Nolan Ryan really the last time the Rangers had like a true one, like a true one, one. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, you Darvish, you Darvish oh, finished Dar second yeah, in yeah, Cy, Cy Young Darvish voting, and he was really, really good uh, for his first couple of years. years. Yeah, it was like, yeah, 
But I mean, I think I think every team that wants to make a deep a deep playoff run needs a guy like a Jacob Degrom. Um, you know, you see the Astros with Verlander. Uh, Braves had um, Freed. You know, you got guys like Scherzer on the Nationals. You know, you just look back over the last couple of seasons, and these teams all had a true one. I mean, what are your thoughts on Jacob Degrom being a Texas Ranger uh, for the next five years? I am I'm over the freaking moon. I mean, he <laughs> I, I I loved you, Darvish, and I think he really didn't get appreciated enough for how great he was in Texas. Like he was absolutely phenomenal and one of the better pitchers that the range have had. But like in terms of like unquestionable, like true number one, there was a lot of debate. And I, I think there are some some other factors that that played into it that I don't think were necessarily about how you Darvish uh, pitched. It was more about his demeanor and um, some other character flaws that I think factored into that. But I, I think you or uh, Jacob deGrom is an unquestioned number one. Like he is the number one. He is absolutely incredible. And all of the, you know, questions about, Oh, they overpaid and oh, it's five years. And Oh, is he going to be healthy? I, I don't, I don't give a crap. I don't care at all. He is absolutely amazing. And I mean, you know, as a Mets fan, when he's on the mound, he is the best in baseball and it is not particularly close in my opinion. I mean, I think some of the injury concerns are, are a lot overblown and I don't think we're, were fairly, you know, applied to some of the other free agents at the top of the market. I mean, obviously there are some real entry concerns about Carlos Correa. Um, I mean, Jacob DeGrom at least passed his physical and the Rangers felt really, really good about it. The Rangers doctor, Keith Meister, who is the one who did the surgery on DeGrom with this most recent injury. And he said, you know, once this heals, you'll be fine. This is not going to be a lingering thing, which is always the worry with shoulder injuries. Like those are really those are really scary, but like having him for five years, I can't believe that more teams weren't all in on this. Like I'm so shocked. It was complete, complete recency bias. I mean, this guy has won two Cy Youngs. He's finished top 10 in Cy Young voting. I mean, outside of this year, every year since 2017, like he's done it all, but two years in his career. One year was his rookie year. And well, I guess now it's three years. Um, And then one year in 2016, like he has been, absolutely phenomenal unreasonably good and he's only had two unhealthy seasons like that's it that's yeah. it <laughs> and even in those seasons like even in the the season where he he missed a little bit less time than this year when he had the 92 inning season in 2021 uh, he had a 108 era he was ungodly like the fact that more teams weren't willing to risk it to get the biscuit on Jacob freaking DeGrom is mind-bogglingly stupid. And I think they're going to feel incredibly dumb. Even if he only is healthy, let's say he's fully healthy, pitches 200 innings and is healthy for the postseason in two of these five seasons. And the rest of the season, he pitches around like 50 innings per year. Like, I think that's still absolutely worth it. Like, even if that is the case, he's still that stupid good. Mm-hmm. And then so, given... The Mets yeah. give Justin Verlander a three-year contract where he's less than 24 months removed from Tommy John surgery and I believe oh over God. 40 years old, but had problems with Jacob deGrom, their franchise player, their key, no, like homegrown, two-time oh Cy Young. Oh, jersey's right here still, not getting rid of it. but Yeah, I mean, like deGrom was unhealthy and missed significant time for the last two years, mm-hmm. but Justin Verlander missed two full years he didn't pitch at all like yeah. <laughs> i'm like what are we doing and he's five years older than Degrom. i mean i mean scherzer hasn't pitched 200 innings in like what four years it's, it's been a while mm-hmm. yeah since 2018 was the last time he pitched over 200 innings he has 
you know, 179 in 2021 and 145 last year. And it's just like, but like yeah. Fangraphs is projecting both him and Verlander to pitch 190 innings next year. And I'm like, okay, that <laughs> seems a little aggressive. There is one note I, I do want to touch on on this uh on fangraphs foolish baseball tweeted out this this graphic of, of fangraphs and their rankings for rotations next year and they have the yankees number one in rotation war um ahead of the rangers but number two is the texas rangers ahead <laughs> of the new york mets ahead of the brewers the braves the phillies the rays and i'm like oh. <laughs> okay now i don't know if this is necessarily going to stand up because um they don't have um who is the the pitcher from japan that the mets signed uh, Kodai Senga. Yeah, they don't have him on here at all. And I, <laughs> I, I think he's going to bump them above above the Rangers. Rangers are projected for 15.6 war from the rotation, and the Mets are 15.3. So I, I think the Senga addition will probably bump them ahead of Rangers, maybe ahead of the Yankees. I don't know. But like I thought that was just a fun little thing, going from like one of the worst rotations in baseball <laughs> to one of the best in literally one offseason, which is just it's just awesome. I think Jake said at his press conference is the vision of winning. And we haven't even touched on Bruce Bochy is now your manager. I don't know. I know we messaged about that a couple of months ago. It was like, okay, we're legit this off season. Now that you got Bochy in there, anything else you want to say on the off season, the quote unquote vision that Jake said or anything else about that? I think that the best thing that Chris Young has done as a GM is his ability as a salesman. And I think I undersold that last year because there was a lot. I, I mean, I kind of attribute it. You always do like the the number one guy in charge. He's the one who does literally everything. And so just everything is his fault, um, good and bad. And so I think for all the the amount that I love John Daniels. And I think he's a great general manager and kind of got shafted a little bit and uh, he's going to go be great with the Rays. But I I think that a lot of the salesmanship pitching on, you know, to John Gray and Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, I think, I think that Chris Young had a bigger part to play in that than I initially anticipated because him being able to, you know, get Bruce Bochy off his couch to come, you know, manage a team that has lost, an average of what 98 games or whatever the last two years and hasn't been to the playoffs since he won his last ring, like to get him to do that and to bring Jacob de Gram here and to get all of these other players assigned, like he had better deals elsewhere and he took less money and less security to come pitch for the Rangers who just lost 94 games. I think they're better than a 94 loss team, but they did just lose 94 games. So like, the last two off seasons, I really don't think I can't think of many ways that they could have gone any better. I mean, like maybe they could have signed like a, a slightly better, a couple slightly better pitchers last year and like not finished with 94 losses this year. <laughs> but like, you know, it's hard to complain when you get that many top free agents. Like literally DeGrom was my number one choice this year. Um I mean, Heaney was a really great second option to to pick up, and Ivaldi was great too. And then Seeger and Simeon were like by far number one, two of who I wanted last year. I'm like, all right, maybe you can get one of them, and they get freaking both. <laughs> it's just like it's it's hard to nitpick how well they've done the last couple off seasons. And bring, bringing Bruce Bruce Bochy on, I think, is people are kind of forgetting about it because obviously Jacob Degrom and the other signings and stuff. But like that is a big deal. And as much as I love Chris. <laughs> of chris woodward like i I think that having bochi on is is just a little better 
I hope he finds a, another place to go be a manager because I really do think he could be a good manager. And if if they shilled out this much to bring on Jacob Jerome, like even if Chris Wood was their manager next year, like I think they're still going to be a really good team. But like having Bochi is just like that little bit extra. I know speaking from experience with the Mets, like Luis Rojas, people said there was some potential for him to be there, but really they brought in Buck last year, a similar situation where the team kind of underperformed. You bring in the veteran type of guy and all of a sudden it clicks. Mets won 101 games. I know you'd be ecstatic if all of a sudden this team went from 94 losses to 101 wins this year. Yeah, that would be absolutely incredible. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. I think like their ceiling, I mean, we've seen Bruce Bochy get the most out of teams that are like, to be quite honest, no offense, San Francisco, but just mid as crap. And like, just when the postseason comes, like that's where that's where the best managers make all their money is like making the right decisions, knowing when how to like read their players, how to tell different players what to do and switching things up. Like he just has that magic touch where he can take a team where their second best hitter is Aubrey freaking Huff and win a World <laughs> Series like it's just insane. And obviously the Rangers second best hitter is better than Aubrey freaking Huff. They don't have like three Cy Youngs on their staff. Like, like those giants teams did, but like they, I think overall these teams are better constructed than, than some of those teams that won world series. But all all you need to do is get into the dance and Mm -hmm. anything can happen. We've, we've all seen that. Phillies showed that this year, sneak in as the sixth seed and all of a sudden walk your way into the World Series until the big bad Astros stepped in the way. We have three rapid fires for you as sort of a side retired name of the podcast pun. You get three strikes and you're three outs and you're out sort of thing. So if you have three rapid fire questions for you, if you're ready for them, I'm ready. All right. Well, obviously, Jacob deGrom's Simple Man is a walk up song that I have gotten used to hearing at City Field on a constant basis. And I'm sure opening day in texas you're going to have a blast listening to simple man from the stadium but if you were a pitcher or a hitter in the big leagues and all of a sudden you're stepping up to the plate or on the mound and you need a walk-up song what's it gonna be this is this is such a baseball (laughs) question and i i always feel like i have an answer and i i never really end up having it i probably just end up picking something ridiculous just to like (laughs) just to to throw everybody off like the veggie tales theme song i think is, is what i would pick just like completely screw with whatever hitter or pitcher is going just like wait is he, is he playing veggie tales what what's going on this guy's crazy awesome the second one is we had a story last week where i forget i think it was what happened where were you when the juan soto trade broke and he said he was on a first date when it happened so when jacob de signed where were you and initial reactions when that went down this offseason so yeah, I was I was telling y'all the story actually as we were recording, but I was literally sitting in this chair um, at work for the DMN. We got like a little heads up from our Rangers writers, like, hey, just like keep an eye on on the major newsbreakers because I think something's about to break. And so as as soon as it did, like just all the floodgates just opened wide open. And we're like, all right, we got to go get like every single story ready because it's like nine o'clock or whatever, and we had like print deadlines in like two and a half hours like all right we got to get everything written about this guy in the next couple hours so it was just like non-stop for the rest of the night it was a hot mess but um it wasn't as good as i, I will give you a better a better story was when i found out that um Seeger had signed i was literally on the toilet um, <laughs> so, a little bit better placement this time <laughs> awesome and then of course the last question 
that we had for you. If you remember at the trade deadline, when you came on the first time, we asked for a bold prediction at that point. I think you said that Joey Gallo was returning home. Unfortunately, he did not. But you're back, so you get a redemption shot at another bold prediction with us. Do I have a, a timetable for this bold prediction? We can just go 2023. Sure, whatever you want to go with. Um. Okay. Let's see. Rangers make the ALCS next year. That that feels sufficiently bold. <laughs> <laughs> James is sulking. <laughs> I won't say they win the AL West, but um, I, I will say at least I, I think they at least make a wild card and win the wild card series. The winning an ALDS series feels a little bit aggressive, but mm-hmm. you know what? I'm I'm very high on optimism, Rangers optimism, which I haven't been in a long time. Like I've been getting into fights about people <laughs> doubting the Rangers, which I have been waiting so long to do. But people don't doubt people are doubting my team. You know, they don't they don't expect things for the Rangers, you know, for the entire time that I've had a podcast, which is since 2019. <laughs> it's been like, yeah, no, people think my team sucks because my team sucks. And they're right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, James, I know you mentioned before this episode, you're going to have a blast hearing the two other people on this podcast talking about signing Verlander and DeGrom and Evaldi. And you guys are sitting back. I know you signed. You shouldn't be upset. You got Carlos Rodon earlier this offseason. I think the Yankees mentality is wanting more and seeing the poor Texas Rangers and the ugly stepbrother New York Mets signing more than the Yankees is definitely something that has annoyed James this offseason. But unless there's anything else Either of you has to throw in, I know if you want to plug the Locked On uh, Locked On Rangers podcast, definitely go give that a listen and a shout out if you're a Texas Rangers fan or if you're just a baseball fan in general, definitely go to listen to Bryce on the Daily talking about the Rangers there. Unless there's anything else either of you two want to throw in. No, I think I'm all good. I mean, if you want to follow me, see me be obnoxious on Twitter, I'm just at Bryce Patrick on Twitter. I'm going to be... Um... Uh, obnoxious optimism is <laughs> is the rebrand this it's been absolute depression pessimism especially since joey gallo was traded but like where we're on the upswing things are things are looking nice and it, it the rangers have done too many nice things for me to be <laughs> too depressed about um joey gallo not coming home <laughs> awesome well enjoy the simple man take good care of jacob the grom five more years of 48 and hopefully the combined Met and Ranger tenure can get him into Cooperstown because I would I think that's a common success goal that we can both have despite our differences as to where he's playing in 2023. Maybe All even right. six years. <laughs> oh, that's right. He got a is it a club often? It's something it, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of kickers. Basically, just if he's healthy for most of it, then he gets a six year and. I'm I'm hoping that six option six year option vests and every single team that was like mm, three years even feels like a bit much feels just incredibly stupid and that he's just completely healthy for all of it and it's just like <laughs> suck it <laughs> 2.0 ERA 20 and four record 1.9 ERA even 200 strikeouts Jacob Degrom is of course the man and will always continue to be even on your team all right thank you so much for hopping back on with us definitely appreciate all the time and insight thanks for having me. Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Texas Rangers. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, that was a great episode just now, James. A great conversation with Bryce Patrick. As always, he joined us, of course, in the summer. If you're a longtime Side Retired listener, now back with us again 
this winter to talk about the Nathan Avaldi signing, the prodigal son Jacob DeGrom leaving my Mets in exchange for Bryce's Texas Rangers, as well as a lot of other fun conversations. So definitely thanks so much for Bryce to hopping on with us. You can find Bryce at the Locked On Rangers podcast three times a week, recording there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, similar to us three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So definitely make sure to check out both of those podcasts. We will be back in the new year as well as some great interviews coming up. So for Dylan, James, Jack, and of course, Bryce, the side is retired. 